So in light of what we just discussed, it's relatively straightforward to answer the question, is this a realistic graph? And in answering that, you might want to consider what we just discussed, how long it takes at the beginning, when you're going faster, when you slow down, and then the return trip. It looks relatively realistic. Uh, Let's look at some more questions, and then we'll see if we have a general picture of, of how well this graph represents this problem. About how far away is your destination? Take a minute and figure that one out. And it looks to me like the destination is a little over 100 miles away. Can you see that from the top of the graph? Goes, it goes over 100 miles, it gets to 100 miles or two hours, and then it goes a little over, so maybe 110 miles away, something like that. How long does it take to get there? Is it five hours? Or is it two and a half hours? takes two and a half hours to get there because then you can see the return trip. Remember the y-axis represents the distance away from your original position and so that's why the distance goes up and then goes back down to zero because you're returning. So it takes two and a half hours to get there and how long does the entire trip take? That would be another two and a half hours. It takes what looks like exactly five hours total. Not exactly a fun, fun favor to do. Do you stop to chat once you get there? Now, how would you see from the graph whether or not you would stop to chat? What would it look like if you did? It looks like the final destination is over 100 miles away. And when you got to that final destination, the top of the graph, if you stopped to chat, what would happen on the x-axis, on the time axis? Wouldn't time keep going on just like a stopwatch would keep running while you were sitting there chatting? And then what would the graph look like in terms of the distance traveled? Would the y values, would they change during that time you were chatting? If you're stopping, then you haven't moved any. So what it would look like if you stopped to chat, would there would be a plateau on the top of the graph, a horizontal part of the graph that would extend for more than just one point. So to me, it looks like you don't stop to chat for any, any long amount of time, maybe you know 30 seconds to say goodbye, but it looks more like maybe you realize you had another two and a half hours to get home or to get back, so you might not want to chat anyway. But if you had stopped for a while, you would see a horizontal part of the graph, anywhere on the graph, would rep- if it were horizontal, would represent stopping for a while. So it doesn't look like, like you stopped to chat. Another question, at what part of the trip is travel the slowest? We already looked at this on the Excel chart, but can you see on this graph as well that you travel the slowest, it appears, when you are at the beginning of your trip and then getting close to the destination, and then again at the end of the trip between four and a half and five hours, you see it leveling off again. So those would be when you travel the slowest. And then if you wanted to answer the question, when did you travel the fastest, you could do that as well. Let's talk about average speed for a minute. And we're not necessarily talking about this example. But if it takes you two hours to travel approximately 100 miles, about how fast are you traveling on average? When I ask this question, most everybody says 100 miles in two hours means 50 miles per hour. 
And how did you get that? I'm much more interested in how you got that answer. So 50 miles per hour came from 100 miles divided by two hours and then reduced down. That's an average speed because you only had a certain distance in a certain amount of time. You had basically two points. 100 miles is the distance traveled between, say, one the first point you started measuring and then the end point. So we're really, when we do this, we're really talking about two points. You'll see what I mean later. But the distance between those two points on the y-axis is 100 miles and went up 100 miles on that graph. And then the distance on the x-axis, we usually call it, or the t-axis for time, the independent axis, that distance is two hours, time two hours. So it really does represent a division, which if you think about it, I'm not going to give it away yet, what else represents this sort of division, 100 miles divided by two hours when we're talking about a graph. So what is the average speed for the first hour of this trip? So in order to answer that question, you need to be able to look at the data. So we're going to go back and look at the data and find the average speed for this trip in the first hour. So here again is the data for our trip. The time in hours, x, or you could call it t if you wanted for time, and then the distance traveled in miles, y, and when x is 0, y is 0. And the question was, what is the average speed for the first hour of the trip? So using this data, find the average speed for the first hour of the trip, and then come back. So coming back, you see we have the point zero zero, and then after one hour, you've traveled 44.44 miles. So this question doesn't even need any division. Since it's the average speed for the first hour, in one hour, you traveled 44.444 miles, according to this accuracy measurement. So the average speed for the first hour of your trip is therefore 44.444 miles per hour. So we've traveled 44.444 miles per hour on average in the first hour of the trip. And the next question, what is the average speed for the first two hours? Now that's not between hour one and hour two, but the first two hours of the trip, how fast did you travel on average? So we'll go back to the data and you can find that answer. So again, here's the data and the question is, what is the average speed in the first two hours of the trip? Might not be much of a surprise. Okay, did you have a chance to do it yet? If you go to two hours, you traveled 100 miles, and we've already answered that question. 100 miles in two hours is the same as 50 miles per hour. So the answer, 50 miles per hour, again, 100 miles divided by two hours. Does it make sense that it's more than the average speed from the first hour? For the first hour, you traveled on average 44.444 miles per hour. In the two hours together, the first two hours, you traveled 50 miles per hour. Does that make sense? If you have a drawing of the graph, you can look at it. Or if you um, need the graph, we'll give it to you right now. So here's the graph to help you answer that question. Does it make sense that in the first two hours, you traveled 50 miles per hour, and that's faster than your average speed in the first hour? Now, I'm not able to draw it on here, but if you imagine a line going between your starting point and the first hour, you can see an imaginary line traveling the way my mouse is traveling. However, try to make it more straight in your mind. The slope here 
would be represented by 44.444 miles per hour. Now, if you don't believe me, this is 44.44 miles, and then we've spanned one hour. So you can see that this 44.444 miles per hour actually is representing the slope of the line between these two points, 0, 0, and 1, 44.444. The rise, the change in the y, is the 44.444 miles. And the run is the change in the time, the change in x, one hour. So that miles per hour of 44.444 represents the slope of the line between these two points. Now on a curve, we call that a secant line. And we're going to talk about that a lot more. So the slope of the line between these two points is 44.444. Now between the point 00 and the point 2100, you can see we rose up from the first point, we rose up 100 miles, and then we spanned over two hours. So the rise was 100 and the run was 2, and so therefore that 50 miles per hour could also be represented graphically as the slope of the secant line, the slope of the line between these two points, 0, 0, and 2, 100. So you can see that the slope of that line from 0 to 2, 100 is steeper than the slope of this line from 0 to 1, 40, from the origin to 1, 40. So we have a less steep line in the first hour than we do in the second hour. And so it does make sense that on average for the entire two hours you go faster than you do for the first hour. Also because the first hour is representing realistically when you're again maybe in traffic or you're in the middle of the city. And then in between hour one and hour two you go much faster, don't you? You're going faster because you're on what I call the freeway. That's a very West Coast thing. Uh, the turnpike or the throughway or whatever you want to call it. You're on the faster road between one hour and two hours. And you can see that's the steepest line of all between the three. You have zero to one. The slope is 44.4 approximately. And then from zero to two, it's 50. And from one to two, can you see that it would be an even steeper line? Why is that? Let's go to the data. If you look at the data, at hour one, after one hour, you're at 44.4. And after two hours, you're at 100. So what is the average speed between the first hour and the second hour? I haven't asked that question yet, but that'll also help to explain um, what we were looking at with the graph. So if I want to just calculate the difference over here, I'm trying to find the average speed I went from 44.444 to 100 miles. So it, I wouldn't want to take 100 divided by 1, right? Because I didn't go 100 miles in, in that one hour. I actually went less than that because I didn't start at 0. I start here at 44.444. So the question is, how far did I travel here? If I let the calculator do it for me, I'm going to take the 100 and subtract the 44.444, that's my delta y, isn't it? So I could even call that delta y up here, 55.556. And since my delta x is just 2 minus 1 or 1, if I take 55.556 and divide by 1, that's my average rate of change between hour 1 and hour 2. Notice it's the steepest one of all, the 
largest rate of change of all three, it's 55.6 approximately, 55.6 miles per hour, which is more than the 50 and much more than the 44. So it makes sense with the graph. And so I'm hoping that we're starting to see a connection between rates of change and the graph of a position function, this is called. You have different positions at certain times on the trip, and we call that a position function. And the slope between certain points on the position function is representing our average rate of change, or our average speed in this case, since we're talking about traveling. Now, we haven't talked about coming down on the other side yet, but I have an activity for you just to make sure that that you've had enough time to do this on your own. Here's the exercise. I'd like you to find the average rates of change, the average speeds for each hour on the trip. We've already done the first hour and we've done between one and two. That was 55.556. So between hour two and hour three, hour three and hour four, and hour four and hour five, find the average rate of change for each of these. And if it's not positive, that's okay. Keep the sign, consistent because we're going to talk about uh, what happens when the sign changes. So please take a minute to find the average rate of change between each of these times on the hour, two and three, three and four, four and five, and then come back. 